sports opinions with a side of satire. We're the First and Tens, a weekly show delivering the spiciest opinions on football, life, and especially each other. And we can do that because we've been best friends for so long. I'm Amy. And I'm Jasmine. First and Tens will bring you sports from the female perspective while also injecting pop culture, fashion, and music into our daring dialogue. We're saucy, edgy, and most of all, we We think think we're we're funny funny AF. First and Tens, light on stats, heavy on sass. Follow us at firstintenspodcast.com. Happy September, Fangirl Nation. New month, new episode of Fangirl Sports Network's Fangirl Playbook. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, joined as always by my co-host, Stephanie McCarroll. Today, we break down the NBA playoffs and talk about the incredible way we saw athletes use their platforms to create change. Steph shares her thoughts on the MLB trade deadline winners, while I talk Cody, Mookie, and the Dodgers, obviously. Then it's off to Dylan, where we see parents and kids struggle alike on the episode, I Think We Should Have Sex. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. All right, Steph, uh, before we get to Friday Night Lights, we have a lot of sports news to discuss, including an unprecedented few days in the world of sports that was pretty incredible, where we saw athletes really, truly use their platform for change. Um, Obviously, at this point, it's about, we're about a week out from it, but the Milwaukee Bucks decided to I'm going to use the word strike because originally it was boycott, but I think more of a strike uh, and not play their game five in the wake of the Jacob Blake shooting. Uh, As a result, every other team followed suit as they should have. uh, And there was a meeting among the players. There was talk at the time of perhaps the season just being called and that being it because players feeling like there were that no inroads were making, you know, were being made on social justice. And of all these issues that we've been discussing and dealing with, I was going to say the last few months, but as we've said on this podcast multiple times for hundreds of years, um, and they decided to play and they talked to the owners and came up with actionable items uh, that will actually really help to create change. I think it was pretty incredible. But then not only did the games get canceled, but you had uh, Major League Baseball games getting canceled. WNBA also followed suit and did tremendous work at the WNBA. I have to give credit to those players. They have always been at the forefront of social justice. And I think that's important to bring up NHL games. There we saw NFL practices being postponed. Um, it was it, it was really unprecedented. And I think we saw people, not I think, we saw athletes use their platform in a really incredible way. Uh, And, you know, I think it was great. We're going to have, I think they're making stuff, all the NBA arenas are becoming voter registration centers, correct? Correct. Yeah. So that was one of the, the, the main things. And it, it really, it was incredible to see. Um, And, you know, it was bigger than sports and bigger than basketball but so incredibly important and so needed. Um, it was real. It was an unprecedented. I know we keep using that word this year, the unprecedented times, but it really was <laughs> unprecedented and, and incredible to see. Yeah, I haven't. I, I I've never seen anything quite like it. And just to you know, reiterate what you said. But there were um, some really emotional pleas um, 
from mm-hmm. Doc Rivers and, you oh, know. it was incredible. And even Chris Weber was just kind of winging it when, because all these games were supposed to be on. So you had all this blank area and they filled it and they, you know, kind of explained what was, what it's like to go in and how they've even changed, you know, from when they played basketball or, you know, to now. And so it was, um, uh, you know, it just, it was amazing. It was exciting. It was, you know, scary, you know, there's all kinds of emotions, mm-hmm. but man, I learned a lot and I, and you can really see the pain in their voice. And I think that this is the time where we listen to them and we say, okay, you know, why do they feel this way? And I mean, it, you know, it's different from just putting a saying on your shirt and actually mm-hmm. walking out and not, you know, because that's costing the MBA money. So you, when you get, you're basically involving 30 million billionaires and mm-hmm. getting them invo- involved in the cause. So, you know, it's definitely a real thing. It's something that they need to, you know, really, you know, figure out. But I think it, it, it was a good thing because there were some tangible outcomes that came out of it. Uh, Doc Rivers, you know, when he spoke, uh, I believe it was last Tuesday night, something that really resonated with me when he said, um, we keep loving this country and the country's not loving us back. And it's yes. just, it's heartbreaking and so true. And, you know, there needs to be change. It's long past time. But I think what the players did was incredible. I think what the players did across multiple sports was incredible. Uh, and, you know, we're seeing that with the platform. And I'm just going to take a minute to mention, um, and I have an uh, article that by the time you guys listen, this will be, have been out today. But uh, Eric Armstead from the 49ers said last week when he started his media availability that every media availability, he's going to highlight a different issue um, dealing with social injustices and inequality. And so the first one was about the rise of hate crimes in our country. And yesterday's was about education, inequality. And he's doing a number of things in this area um, to help students. And, you know, obviously he feels very strongly that education is very important. But I just want to point it out because we are seeing athletes use their platform and take action in a way that we really haven't necessarily seen, at least on a widespread level. Um, And I think it's just incredible to see an an incredible time. So um, just wanted to give Eric Armstead a plug on that. And also my article, you guys can read all about what he's doing. Um, (laughs) And um, looking forward to it. Yeah. So there's there's that. And so the games were uh, the players strike. Stroke? Striked? I'm not really sure. Striked? Okay, striked. Um, And um, we're now back. Everything was rescheduled. So we here's where things stand right now in the NBA playoffs. The Los Angeles Lakers and Los Angeles Clippers have both won their series. Looks like they are, in fact, on a collision course to meet in the Western Conference Finals. However, they each have uh, another series in front of them. So let's talk talk about the West uh, first just because – that's been really exciting. We have two series that have gone to game seven. We have the Jazz and the Nuggets. We have the we have OKC and the Rockets, which the story, you know, so many storylines. So many. Yeah. I mean, there's kind of a little <laughs> part of me now. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of now rooting for OKC because I just there's like the Chris Paul factor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I kind of feel like, wouldn't it just be something if after all of that and you know, when Paul George went to the Clippers and then Russell Westbrook 
left OKC to go to the Rockets. So now Chris Paul gets sent to mm-hmm. OKC. And you've, I mean, like, it just would be kind of amazing if the Thunder won that series. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, I want Chris Paul to win. This is the pettiness in me, of course. Totally fine. I'm down with it, too. I think it's the pettiness in Chris Paul, too. I'm totally I'm all, all in on it. Right. So, yeah, with Chris Paul, like, you can totally tell, like, he has something to prove. And he has proven it. I feel like he has just come out not only on the court, but as a leader. I mean, he has Mm -hmm. just taken the team, you know, on his back. And it's exciting. And, you know, as much as I, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with Chris Paul, but like, (laughs) but I'm loving Chris Paul right now because I I dig that kind of um, just that he's he's getting into this and he wants to win and he wants to prove his point like hey if you couldn't win with me you think you can win with that guy think again mm-hmm. you know so right. i i felt like okay yeah you know i want him to win at the same time i think the lakers would match up better against houston rockets i think that would be a really good series so i'm a little torn here but i you know cuz i want okc to win but i want to see the lakers and houston go at it I, but, you know, I'm, I'm okay with whatever happens there. This isn't going to happen, but I have this, like, vision of just, like, a Chris Paul tear, and he gets through Lakers, and then he meets the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. He's like, you guys can't win without me either. And he just, like, goes on, like, a rampage, and it becomes, like, the Chris Paul NBA playoffs. This isn't going to happen, but it's, like, kind of an amazing vision of him just, like, in my head, I just see him, like, literally running through everybody. He's, like, running through LeBron. He runs through Kawhi. He just keeps running, and he's hoisting a trophy above his head is it gonna happen about zero chance but that's okay in my head that's what's going on right now um so that's what's going on in the west in the east we they are both uh started round two so we have the um oh my god Steph why do I do this every time the Bucks and the Heat right and then the Celtics and the Raptors and they are underway what do you think is gonna happen in the east Steph you know, I said this from the beginning. I just don't think the Milwaukee Bucks are where they should be. And, you know, there's some teams that can play really well during the year. But when it comes to playoffs, I mean, it's a whole it, – it's just a, it's a different animal. So um, the Heat have looked amazing. I actually think that the Heat could take the entire East. But, of course, they have to get through Milwaukee. But it looked like it was not a problem at all. And – um then you have the Boston and Toronto, which is, I was expecting like a really knockdown, you know, knockout fight there. And, you know, Boston just was ridiculous. So and they just ran away. They just ran away with it. But I do think that Toronto always has, just from what I've seen, Toronto and how they play, they always have a really bad game one and then they come back like with a vengeance. So I, I don't think they're going to go down easily. I, um, in fact, I'm. I I think Boston's going to take it, but the Raptors are going to put up a fight, and I that's kind of what I see over there. But uh, you know, I I my pick is Miami for the East. Actually, it would also be an, a great if the Lakers played Miami in the oh, yeah. finals. Would be a great. <laughs> would be also be a fun little storyline. Um, game one, I feel like of an NBA playoff series, at least maybe in the bubble. Uh, is similar to week one of the NFL where crazy things happen and everyone totally overreacts. And then 
by game two, you're like, and week two, you're like, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Aaron right. Rodgers is still really good at football or whatever, <laughs> you know, like whatever it is that we overreact about uh, in week one, which is coming up fast, but we'll talk more about that a little later. Um, so that's kind of what I'm thinking on that. Um, all right. So that's where we are in the NBA playoffs by next week. We're going to know a lot more. So that will be fun to talk about. Uh, baseball trade deadline was yesterday. Also, it's September 1st and the baseball playoffs, Major League Baseball playoffs start September 29th with all the wild card series being between the 29th and October 2nd. You know, I have to say, and this is, I'm going to say it and everyone's going to be like, well, obviously, but hopefully you'll understand kind of the bigger point I'm making. What I mean, all of a sudden, 60 games is like nothing. And it makes you realize that like there is a reason they play 162 games in baseball. It's just, it's a different kind of sport in that way. Yeah. Um, but here we are in September 1st. Trade, trade, trade deadline was yesterday. Uh, so we saw a lot of teams make a lot of moves. The Dodgers did not make any moves. Still yeah. <laughs> think they're probably the best team in baseball. But there are some question marks in the pitching staff. So wasn't thrilled about that. But we saw a number of other teams shore up their pitching. So the Padres are not messing around. They no. are they are thinking World Series or bust. They make me very nervous as a Dodgers fan. Uh, who else do you feel like won the trade deadline, Steph? Yeah, definitely. For me, it was the Padres were big. I think um, the Reds acquired, you know, um, a right-handed pitcher, which is Archie Bradley, and he's really good. And they already have a really, really strong bullpen. So I feel like that just like locked them in. They have a new outfielder and Brian Goodwin. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to upgrade the bullpen. And I think that they're going to, they're going to look really good. The Phillies were somebody that I was kind of surprised that they acquired four pitchers. And I think that that's going to be a nice bullpen rebuild. Um, you have the teams that are still in it. And once, see, this is what's so funny, Blue Jays too. But what's so funny is, like you said, the 162 games, it's just like so different because it was always a marathon. So you wanted to kind of stretch mm -hmm. out your talent and then you then you get to the end. And then, but now we're in like a full on sprint. So mm -hmm. you have to have people that can carry you through that so it looks a little bit different than having somebody, you know, you can't have bad nights and you can't, ha you have to have somebody ready and up. And so pitching is going to be brutal on your bullpen because, uh, you know, there, there's only so many, you know, pitchers you can go to. So it's, uh, I think they're re um, figuring out how to like make their rosters good so that they can get through this sprint. I think, I believe that that is true. And it's going to be, it's going to be interesting because it's going to feel like, and this feels this way a lot with baseball and it feels this way. I guess you could make this the argument. It feels this way in all sports, but I think with baseball and basketball, even more, it's like the playoffs, it's like a whole new, well, for lack of, Pun intended, it's a whole new ball game. But it really is. Like, you know, it's like, and a part of that is, of course, because those seasons generally, not this year, but those seasons are generally much longer. I think with the NFL, Yes, the playoffs, it's, you know, everything's different in the playoffs, but it's a shorter season. So I think it feels a little bit more like a continuation where for me, at least with baseball and basketball, it's like almost like you're starting anew. Um, and I think we're going to see that even more now because it has felt like a sprint. And then you're going to look at the playoffs and you're going to have to have, in theory, maybe a little bit more of a marathon mentality. Yeah. Um 
But then you're going to have these wildcard series that are the best of three, which really are a sprint mentality because those are a best of three series is rough. Even giants the, could do that. <laughs> yeah, the, the giants could totally do that. And that's the thing about them that's like so rough. It's, you know, they had that one game wild card. There were years ago, God, I think it was Chipper Jones's last season. And the Braves had a one game wild card against, I want to say the Cardinals. Don't quote me on that, but I think it was the Cardinals. And they were, whoever they were playing, they, the Braves were a significantly better team. Right. And they had like a significantly better record and they lost that game and didn't go to the playoffs. And it was like devastating. Um, And that's what these three game series are like. I mean, right now at this moment in time, and this is kind of funny stuff. I'd love your your thoughts on this. But the Dodgers at the moment have yet to lose a series, which is really amazing and bodes well for the playoffs. That being said... I almost feel like I want them to lose a series because I don't want the first series for them to lose be a three-game series in the playoffs. It's kind of like – I know this is like – sounds weird, but I have this like weird NFL thing too. Like if – let's say the 49ers are playing the – well, this one happened. Let's say the 49ers play the Rams – well, not let's say. They do. They play the Rams twice during the season, and then they may end up meeting them again in the playoffs. You'd almost rather they lose one of those regular season games because it's real hard to beat a team three times. Um, right. So that's like my own little thing that I have. Um, so that's my feeling on that. So we'll see what happens. If you guys hear me crying on this podcast in October, it's because <laughs> the Dodgers once again went ahead and broke my heart. Um, and of course, as we've discussed before, perhaps we're on a collision course for the Dodgers to play the Braves. And then I can make a choice, yeah. which I'm going to choose the Dodgers because Cody. Which, by the way, just an aside, guys, Cody Bellinger seems to be pretty much out yeah. of that slump. Yeah, he, he's back. That. Cody's he's back. back. He's he's back. Well, um, thing. And Mookie. He's back. Mookie. Oh, God, I love That's that. That's one Mookie thing. Like, I love his speech, too, regarding – because they shut down. Ooh, and I love that the Dodgers um, all followed suit because he was the one – black player Mm -hmm. and they were like no we're in this with him and i'd love that about the dodgers as much as i hate the dodgers i would as much well you you do have as much as you hate the dodgers you have um you do have a very you have a team with a really strong moral compass yes and um, And they played the giants that night too yes they did yes they did play the giants that night and so um and who also have is also a team with a very strong moral compass for the most part. Um, I think actually, well, I shouldn't say, I think they do have a strong moral compass, um, but they've been very also strong on social justice. And I think, you know, Gabe yeah. Kapler has obviously been a true leader in that way. Um, so yeah, the Dodgers all, you know, followed suit and Mookie's Loved amazing. It. And then Mookie um, narrated the thing on Jackie Robinson for Jackie Robinson day. And then I think, we would be remiss in not mentioning, of course, Chadwick Boseman and how oh, terribly sad that was and, and how heartbreaking that is. Um, he obviously played Jackie Robinson and he was so incredible that mo- in that movie. He was incredible in, in everything he did. Um, of course, Black Panther. But uh, I wanted to bring that up because that was heartbreaking. And I think this is also a good time. Um, they said on social media yesterday and people have been saying it, but it's a good time to remind everybody not to get super preachy on the pod, but it is a good time to remind everybody, like, be kind. People are going through things you don't know. We all are. Yeah. And so be kind and be compassionate. So there's my little 
that's my little speech for today. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> um, and so with that, we are going to move into the next episode of Friday Night Lights. This week's episode was is entitled, I Think We Should Have Sex. And it's because within the first like minute and a half of the show, Julie turns to Matt and says, I think we should have sex. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's a really good episode. You know, as always, things happen. It's not so it's lighter than the last couple, which I'm sure was probably by design when they wrote it. Um, but it is a really good episode. Um, Julie says this to Matt, and it, it's interesting because it's like something she just thinks they should do. It doesn't necessarily feel like something she wants to do or is ready to do. Um, and of course, remember at this point in the show, she's 15 years old, which is, yeah. you know, still pretty young. Um, so you know, she seems to have trepidation about it. But uh, Tammy is at the drugstore and sees Matt Saracen buying condoms. And so that was awkward. But Matt does not see her. Um, <laughs> that was awkward. But so, you know, uh, Tammy and Julie have a really good discussion about it. And what I liked about it a lot is it wasn't a moral discussion. It wasn't a preachy discussion. It was a discussion with a mother and her daughter that was more like this is a bigger deal than you think it is and it's important that you really think it through and understand. Um, and I really liked that about the the conversation between them. Yeah. It, it, you know, I, I got really into this one because I, I, you know, they're having this discussion in a hallway. So it kind of feels like you're right there, you know, like it feels really mm -hmm. real life. And it's different because this show is like literally about kids, you know, it's a show about the kids in a small town. But now you see the parents' perspective here and how hard that must be for Tammy. I mean, I just really felt everything she, you know, because she wasn't ready to be a mom with a child who was sexually active. You know, you could, mm -hmm. you know, you could see that. So it wasn't just about Julie. And you can tell Julie is trying to almost convince herself, like, Oh, yeah. I think that, that we have to do this. And everybody can kind of see that you're not quite there yet, girl. You know, like, yeah. But, yeah. but she's trying to convince herself. So it's it's interesting because I really saw, you know, maybe it's because I've grown older, but, you know, normally I'd always see, no, this is for, you know, I'd see the, the person who's having sex or whatever or wants to have mm -hmm. sex, their vantage point. But to see the parent, it was just like, oh, you know, like how hard that is because she has all this knowledge of what she's gone through and she knows how important and what an important step that is. And it's a big deal. And it's like in this episode, it's like the kids are almost act, want to act like adults and the adults are acting like kids. <laughs> That's how I see it. A, a little bit, a little bit. I thought, I do think Tammy handled it well. I think it was hard, obviously, but I think she did. She does handle, she does get emotional. And I think she, you know, there's a part of her that knows that this is about her and not necessarily about Julie. Um, and then later, Julie's talking to Tyra. Yeah. And, you know, it. that's, I think, such an interesting scene because you have two real extremes there. And I think we are, we have been getting the impression over the last few episodes that Tyra kind of regrets some past decisions that she has made. And she's changing decisions that she's making, you know, going forward. 
And she says to Julie, you know, you don't have to do this. I love that. And I yeah. think Tyra I was I loved that from Tyra. And and Tyra really like I think was concerned because she's like, this is it is a bigger deal. And Tyra probably didn't have anybody to tell her that right. and have that conversation. And you know, Tammy makes a comment to Julie that says you could be her and you could become cynical and you can become hard. And I think we see that in Tyra. Right. Exactly. And it's really, it just shows to, you know, she obviously wants her to wait, but even Tyra wants her to wait, you know, and it's kind of mm-hmm. like interesting because you you don't want to be degraded or, you know, or cynical or whatever that is. And you do see that with Tyra. But I love that Tyra is has that ability to see that in herself. And she's not like trying to make it, well, I do it. So you must do it to make herself feel better. She's actually giving solid advice. And I like that. Yeah. I like that too, a lot. Um, and then later in the episode, um, Eric Again, I call him Eric instead of Chris Taylor. <laughs> well, I, I keep doing that. He's he fine. Well, he's you know in this episode he's a little more Eric to me than yeah. Coach Taylor because uh-huh. it's he's more, more dad. dad than Coach. Um, he finds like a pair of sexy underwear that Julie bought when she was with Tyra. Uh-huh. So Tammy has to tell him what's going on, and he really kind of he a little bit jumps on Tammy. Not a little bit. He kind of just like jumps on Tammy and is critical and judgmental of how she handled it. And um, they're sitting there waiting for Julie to come home. And she's supposed to be studying at Lois's. And of course, they call Lois's. She's not studying at Lois's. She's with Matt um, in this very creepy cabin that a friend of his (laughs) let him borrow um, with like a lot of dead animals on the wall staring at them. Um, And, you know, she has a, a good, she says to him, you know what? We have the exact same amount of experience being parents. I love that. Like the same. It was it was great, and it was such a good point. And she said, for the most part, we're winging it, and we've raised a smart. She says, moral like a smart moral girl who I trust to make the right decisions for her. And they and he apologizes to Tammy. Um, ultimately, it doesn't happen. Julie is she clearly doesn't really want to do it. She keeps coming up with excuses and Matt says to her, like, we don't, Matt says to her, we don't have to do this. And this is the difference between Matt, like, and if she was dating Matt or if she was dating Tim Riggins, though I actually think Tim Riggins is a very good guy. But, um, you know, this is the, and we'll talk about Tim because this is a a rough Tim episode for sure. But, you know, Matt says to her, we don't, we don't have to do this. Um, So, they end up hanging out, playing games, falling asleep. She comes home really late and, you know, explains and says to them, like, it that didn't happen. And, you know, she loves them. And it was good. It was handled well. And I thought, like I said before, it was handled. It was not like a moral thing. No. It was a maturity thing and an understanding thing. And, like, are you really ready for this? Because it's a bigger deal than you think it is. And I think that's really important because it shouldn't be a moral thing. Right. And at the end of the day, you, you know, you raised your kids and you want them to, you, you raise the person, you know, that mm-hmm. they make those choices because you don't want them to do it out of fear or guilt or whatever, you know, those, cause those emotions aren't necessarily why you want them to make the decisions that they do. You want them to do what's right at the end of the day. So, and it's not necessarily the moral aspect, like you said, but it's who they are, you know? So I liked it because it just showed 
that there's so much more than just the act. It's just, there's so much more there. And, you know, they, they raised a good kid, you know, smart, you know, good kid. So they're just they're at that point, you just bank on that because she's, you can't be with them 24 seven and you have to let right. them make their choices. So um, I'm glad she made the right choice. I, I think it, she wasn't ready. And I think she, you know, just by the way she was acting, you know, it, it was clear mm-hmm. and she was trying to justify it to herself. But, you know, at the end of the day, she had enough people around her that were solid that could, you know, help her, you know, get through that. And Tammy also says to Eric, she says, it's important she can talk to me. Yeah. And and so, you know, she didn't want to tell him right away because Julie was talking to her and she didn't want her to talk to him about it. And, so, you know, she wanted Julie to be able to talk to her. So I think that's was very important as well. And then we have the other side of the parenting spectrum. Like it could not be a more different situation in the Reagan's household. Right. So you have Tim's dad. And I always think that these things are intentional on the show. Like I think they do. It's, it's, you know, it's, they, they know what they're doing. So you have Tim's dad who's now in town and we see Tim and his dad playing pool at this bar, them drinking together. Tyra is there. They essentially hustle these guys, um, out of $100, a fight almost ensues. And the thing that's amazing is Tim's about to get in a fight and the dad is just sitting there and Tyra says to him, are you going to do anything here? And he's like, he can handle himself. And it's just such a different, obviously, such a different situation. Like the bar owner breaks it up, et cetera. But then Tim's dad comes to practice and he comes to like stand on the field and Coach Taylor tells him like, you can't do that. And they have a little conversation about it. And Tim's dad is, I think, probably drunk. It seems like he's drunk at practice. Um, and so he's uh, maybe feistier than usual. Um, and a camera goes missing that the boosters had bought them. There was like a video camera that the boosters bought the team and it's gone missing. And one of the assistant coaches saw Tim's dad coming out of the AV room. So Coach Taylor comes to his house. He denies it. Tim is there. Tim is, of course, offended and the whole thing. Um Long story short, no surprise to anybody, Tim ends up finding the camera and his dad did take it. And it's very upsetting to Tim. And then – and this is the thing with Tim. This is what I find so heartbreaking about Tim Riggins. Like he he really has – he has no one. And Billy tries. But Billy's right. not that much older than Tim. and But Billy does try. Um, but – the way Tim handles it is he starts drinking again and then he goes to this bar to get in a fight with these guys because it's almost like, you know, it's like he feels like he needs to be punished almost for right. trusting his dad. Exactly and like, yeah. And so that well, someone from the bar calls Tyra and she and Billy get there as Tim is getting the crap kicked out of him. And I just yeah. think it's it's so heartbreaking because – it's Tim just – he has – other than really than Coach Taylor and Billy who tries, he just doesn't have anybody. He doesn't have anybody to show him right from wrong. Like when you're with your dad drinking in a bar when you're 17 or 16 right. years old and your dad's going to let you get in a fight, like this is not ideal. Parental. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. that's where it shifts. You know, it's like this – you see the sides of the parents and then mm-hmm. it kind of gives you a, a insight about why they are the way they are, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. – He's almost looking for attention, but it's the bad attention. Yeah. 
And it, but they think you that's know, exactly what it is. I think you nailed it. He needs yeah, to so like, attention. He, he needs something. He needs some sort of input, you know, where you would normally get that from a parent, like a hug. Oh my gosh. But it's his parent that's acting like a child, you know, that's acting like yeah. you're a stupid idiot. And so he's looking for that, you know, some sort of input and he gets that through the violence, which is so sad, but it's very, it's very common when, you know, the parents aren't there. And Julie's looking for input, you know, too, but it's different. She says she wants less, you know? So it's interesting mm-hmm. how um, it really comes through with the whole camera situation. And then he returns it to Coach Taylor. And, you know, it's just like he's the one that's doing the right thing. And it's uh, mm-hmm. I super sad, but I, I don't I, like it's I, I, I don't know. It's just it's hard. It's it's really hard. And he, when he comes to return it, of course, his face is a mess because he just had the crap beaten out of him. Um, and Coach Taylor says, do you want to come in? And and he's embarrassed. And so he won't come in. And it's just it's just sad. Tim is such an interesting character. And as we go farther along in the show, um, you know, he he's always like two steps forward, two steps back. Um, yeah. And, you know, we see a, a lot. So his character is just so interesting to me. And I think what's really interesting about Tim to me is that he does have a good heart and he wants to do the right thing. He just doesn't always know how to do the right thing. Um, and he's not really given the benefit of the doubt. Um, so we'll see a lot of that as time goes on, um, in coming episodes and seasons. Uh, and then the last major storyline is Jason goes to Austin for oh I'm sorry that is not the last major storyline we're gonna go Jason and then we have one more major storyline we will end on that one excuse me um Jason goes to Austin for quad rugby um and he's very excited about it um his buddy Herc is really excited about that and to potentially meet women um and Jason meets an interesting young lady that he bonds with, a tattoo artist um, that he bonds with and spends time with there. And so we, of course, can see a little bit where this may or may not be going. Um, And Lila can feel it. And she does not like him being all the way over there. Um, But it's interesting. And there's a scene with Tim and this woman where he talks about what happened and how he got hurt. And she says – uh, I think if it were me, I would just spend so much time thinking why. And Jason said, there is a lot of that, but at the end of the day, I can't walk again. So, yeah. And you really see that they get emotionally invested with each other because you're really talking about some serious things there, you know? So mm-hmm. um, even though that's nothing physical, it's you can see the emotional, you know, investment. And he even gets a tattoo in Sanskrit or whatever. Yes. Yes, Um, he does. Peace or whatever, which, you know, she gives it to him. So obviously that's like almost, you know, it's a pretty like, you know, inking somebody, you know, it's, there's a, Mm -hmm. there's some sort of bond there with that. So yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But you can see that, you know, he wants almost somebody to talk to too, you know, that can understand what he's going through and really, dive in, you know, like that's something that he needs. So it's like he's had to grow grow up very, very fast. And I think also listen in a way that maybe Lila's just not capable of yet. 
Right. Because he really has had to grow up very fast, as you said. And she is has not as much. I mean, she certainly has in a lot of ways, but it's, you know, she's a high she's still in high school. Um right. but he's of course dealing with things and I and so I think he feels like he can maybe talk to this other woman in a way. He doesn't say that. It just kind of feels, you know, oh, feels yeah. like that. Well, and and that's exactly like what I was thinking because, you know, if you tell somebody that you're a problem and they just – you're always upbeat about it. Oh, no, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's like, no, mm-hmm. you know, I just want you to hear me. So mm-hmm. you see that breakdown start to happen because he's trying to tell her on the phone and she's like looking at her parents. You know, she she's she's got a lot. She's a kid too. So – yeah. You see that he's like, I want somebody to listen to me. You know, I've been through hell. You know, I've been, you know, mm-hmm. and she's always just like, no, everything's going to be fine. You're going to walk again. You're going to do this and God and, you know, everybody's going to help you. And, you know, you have, you know, everybody's going to be here for you. I'm, you know, we're going to, you know, she just doesn't hear him out and hear that pain. But this new girl, I think her name is Susie. I think. <laughs> the tattoo, I can't, I actually can't. The tattoo artist. <laughs> she, she this hears him. For the she first hears time. him, and she listens to him, and that's mm-hmm. a big, you know, it's a big thing. She, I like that she hears him. Um, and then we have our last major storyline of the episode, which definitely it's becomes a me. pretty big thing. So, Buddy and Eric are at a bar, and Buddy says to him. I have to talk to you. I've strayed from my marriage. And Eric wants like no part of this conversation. He's like, I don't want to know. He's like, I don't want to know who. I don't want to know what. But he's like, she works for me. We, of course, realize it's Tyra's mom because we've already had the episode where Tyra clearly figures it out on her own. Um, And and Eric's like, I don't want to know who. I don't want to know what. I don't want to know anything. And Buddy says to him, like, I mean, you know how it is. It happens. And he's like, no, it does not happen. No, it does not happen. Um, so they have this conversation. And Eric says to him, like, you need to end it in no uncertain terms. Of course, Buddy says, in the heat of passion, I told her I'd consider living, leaving my wife, which he, of course, has Ugh. zero um, plan of ever doing. Um, and so he says, you should – you have to tell her – you have to let her go and you have to like tell her it's over and blah, blah, blah. So he he ends up firing her but says that he's already lined up another job for her. But of course, Tyra's mom is devastated because for for reasons that maybe you and I can't understand, she's fallen in love with Buddy Garrity, um, which is really um, an incredible thing in itself. And she's devastated. She's so upset. Um, and she's actually with Tyra telling her she got fired when Tyra gets the call about Tim and she has to go like save him at the bar. But, and Tyra says to her, did something happen? What happened? And so she won't say. So, um, they're driving to go. It's Sunday now. So now it's Sunday and Julie has come home late the night before and, um, you know, that's been resolved. So it's Sunday and we're in church and the Saracens, Grandma Saracen and Matter in church yeah. and the Taylors Everybody. are at church. Everyone's at church. The Garrity's are at church uh, and Tyra and her mom are driving and Tyra says, let's go to a movie. Like she wants to make her mom feel better, her cheer her up and her mom, they drive by the church. And so she sees the Garrity's outside and she gets out of the car and she starts yelling and screaming at Buddy and hitting him and it's and everybody sees and of course everybody now knows what happens happened and it is a not good <laughs> it is really 
really not good. So um, that's where, and of course, Buddy's wife is like horrified and devastated. And um, that's where the episode ends. So yeah. there's that. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it, but this is like how, like, Buddy's acting like this and not respecting his marriage, you know, and, he doesn't see the importance of it. You know, it's kind of interesting how it all comes from full circle and this is mm-hmm. what can happen. This is a big yes, deal. Yes, you're right. This, you know what? That is, Steph, I did not think about that. You are 100% <laughs> right. This is almost like this, look, here's Julie is 15 years old. Yep. Tyra's mom is not. I think Tyra's mom's probably in her 40s, um, if not older. And here she slept with this guy and fell for him and is devastated mm-hmm. and has now become hard and cynical. And I never thought of it that way. Steph, you're brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> but like you can kind of see that, you know, from the very get-go, what's, mm-hmm. you know, how how it really shapes you from adolescence to even adulthood. So mm-hmm. you have, it. it's a, you know, to respect yourself and to know, you know, because most I mean, well, I hope most people, you know, sleeping with a married man is not exactly, you know, that's not how you're going to find the love of your life, you know? Yeah. So, no, it's not. And it's not, but, and it's not respecting yourself because you're now, right. you've put yourself in the position of being the option second place. And right. And then for Buddy, he's just, feeling. he's, you know, doing whatever he does, you know, because he, he wants, you know. But it's just, it's kind of just full circle to me. Like, this is where it can lead you. And that's kind of what I liked about it. That is so brilliant. <laughs> God, Steph, I'm really glad we're doing this podcast. Um, so so that's where we are. Before we get to Fangirl Says, who's hot, who's not, We're gonna. I want to just, here's a little logistical announcement, guys. Uh, next week, we're going to take a week off of Friday Night Lights, but we're not taking a week off this pod. We are going to do a NFL season preview next week. So that will be the focus. Obviously, we'll update you on everything going on in the NBA playoffs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the crux of the episode is going to be an NFL season preview. And then we'll be back talking about week one and Friday Night Lights in two weeks. But next week, NFL season preview. So you guys don't have to watch the next episode of Friday Night Lights if you don't have time, just FYI. Um, And that is that. Okay, Fangirl says, who's hot? Who is not? Um, I I can go first if you want. All right, whatever. All right. So my who's hot is Jamal Murray from the Denver Nuggets, Ooh, yeah, who great. had an incredible, incredible game and as amazing of a game he had. His uh, conversations and his um, the things he said post game were maybe even better. <laughs> um, but he had obviously a fifty point game. And uh, really an incredible basketball player and I think a leader both on and off the court. So he's my who's hot. And my who's not is actually going to be for the first time ever, and I'm forgiving of it, but it's going to be Eric Taylor for the way he talked to Tammy um, when she was obviously dealing with a really difficult situation and he really hurt her and he apologized, which puts him more on the hot side. But he's going to just be my who's hot not this week. Ooh, I like it. I like that you went. You're going to be shocked about who's hot. You're going to be. Okay. I'm okay. I'm, oh my God. I'm so excited. So, my who's hot is definitely Mookie Betts and <gasps> the Yay! LA Dodgers. <laughs> I just can't believe how good they're playing. And because I've seen them play, even the Giants, um, 
Well, they play the Giants one hundred and twelve times, so you've gotten to see a lot of them. But they're they're just loaded. Like everybody who comes out, I'm like, oh man, oh man, oh man. You know, like how are we going to get through Mm -hmm. this? And you know, the Giants do sometimes find a way to find their, um, you know, their soft spots. But at this, but they're just loaded. And I loved, like I said, what the team did and Clayton Kershaw, how they came, you know, to their teammate. And I wasn't even sure. I think the Giants would have actually played that game. But Mm -hmm. it was interesting that it was such an important game for them that they obviously decided not to. But I just liked that they had his back. I absolutely love that. And it, you know, as much as I love to hate the Dodgers, I, I love to love that moment. So they were yes. my spot. Uh, we'll my who's not was Marcus Morris, the second mm. from the LA Clippers. I mm-hmm. hated his technical against Luca um, mm-hmm. because it just it just was unnecessary. Like I appreciate toughness, I le- appreciate intensity, but there were some kind of like. Uh, did he really step on his foot? Did he not? You know, and I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, but that swipe was just outrageous. And I'm glad he got thrown out. And, but I just thought it was not hot. It's just not cool. Win. Don't, don't play dirty. (laughs) Don't play dirty. I think, you know what? Good life advice. Don't play dirty. Um, And with that, you guys, we are going to wrap this up. So make sure that you subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. And we will talk to everybody next week with our NFL season preview. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Bye, Steph. Bye.